Welcome to the Health and Biz Bites podcast. I'm your host, Mike Beverly. Thanks for tuning in today. This podcast is dedicated to individuals and professionals who desire to learn more about the subject and business aspects of non-traditional technologies and approaches to better health and vitality. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Health and Biz Bites. Today, we have a very special guest on the show. Denise Schoenwald, LMHC, is a licensed mental health counselor, mental intuitive, and public speaker specializing in holistic well-being. With 30 years of experience as an ICU nurse, she witnessed the impact of stress, anxiety, and fear on patients and their families. Denise integrates mental and physical health, providing comprehensive support for anxiety, depression, trauma, and more. Her approach combines therapy, meditation, and aromatherapy. Denise along with her therapy dog, Henry, helps clients achieve optimal health. As a sought-after public speaker, Denise educates and inspires audiences on mental health topics. Contact her for counseling or speaking engagements, and we will share with you that information at the end of the show. But she is also a published author of two books, Healing Your Body by Mastering Your Mind, and her newest book, Insightful Self-Therapy, which I have had the pleasure of just finishing yesterday. So welcome to the show, Denise. Thank you. Nice to be here. It is a pleasure. And as I mentioned, when I met you at the Women's Health Summit a few weeks back, I wanted to, after listening to your presentation there, have you as a guest on the show. So uh, tell, tell our audience, one of the overwhelming comments and feedback that I get, and I have to tell you that the majority of our listeners are women, uh, is that they love to hear the guest's personal story. What is Denise Schoenwald's personal story? Are you wondering how I got into this profession or just a little bit about my life? A little bit about where you're from, how did you grow up, and all of that. That People love those personal stories like that. Okay, fair enough. I grew up in New Jersey. I was born in northern New Jersey in Hackensack. My dad was an airline pilot. Um, grew up, married, moved to Baltimore, Maryland, where I worked as an ICU nurse for 20 years. And for the last 15 years, I've been down in Florida, now living in Sarasota. But about 10 years ago, I decided I was getting a little bit too old to, to practice nursing a lot of call and a lot of, it's very physically demanding, but I still felt like I wanted to work with clients. Felt like that was sort of something I really enjoyed and felt fulfilled by. So I became a mental health counselor. And I've noticed that combining these two licenses of both uh, registered nurse and mental health has really helped me help people learn to get through a lot of the, the stressors of life. 
That's wonderful. That's really wonderful. And I can see that because people in the nursing profession seem to be so giving and have such hearts for their patients. And that's been such a positive experience for me as I've been through some of my health challenges uh, most recent in 2020. So, so I can see how that has had to add a lot of value to your work and to your clients. Do you find that to be true? Yes. I, although when you're in the helping profession, whether it's medicine or whether it's mental health, working with people who are sick or who are suffering can be very exhausting. You know, certainly we go into it because we love to help other people, but it also can take a toll, which is why we see a lot of burnout if we don't address our own stress and well-being, which I feel like a lot of profession professionals do not do as much as they should. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, my wife and I have some really good friends that live in our neighborhood, and my wife and she were part of our Homeowners Association Social Committee, and she, we watched her go through amazing stress during COVID and all of the uh, pressures that came along with that. And now she's in a completely different line of work. And I think she was probably in the nursing field for well over 25 years. So, uh, so are you seeing that more and more as you talk yeah. to people and deal with people in that career? Yes, and certainly COVID uh, sort of created a lot of change. You know, we were we were in a in a position where we had a lot of time to sit and be. It brought a lot of people who had problems that maybe they weren't addressing to the surface. So we saw a lot of sort of traumas reappear. Some people decided that, you know, at this point in my life, I want to actually do something completely different, which so it, you know, it has had its good and its bad for certainly with COVID. That's true. That's true. Well, one of the one of the things as I as I mentioned to you prior to the recording this morning or this afternoon is that uh, I love your new book and I, what I love about it and you kind of set us up as readers that you like short books that have a big impact and and you certainly did on me and one of the things that I loved about the short chapters. Was was that your initial plan when you wrote your first book? I know this is the second book, right? That yes. I just it yeah. was that your plan initially. Yes, and I found um, if you ever grew up in a in a religious um, home, a lot of people read what they call daily devotionals. It's just a short little page that will help them maybe do some Bible reading and some prayer and so forth. And I like the concept of that, just a daily read that's very impactful and so forth. I have found with mental health, a lot of people are interested in mental health, but it can quickly get overwhelming. So to write sort of bite-sized pieces where people could learn a little bit about certain subjects, and then maybe have time to think about it during the day, that can really resonate and, and really create more of, of an impact than reading something that's you know, 200, 300 pages. That's, that's so true, especially, and as I shared with you, I didn't know I, I was dyslexic until I went to college. And my English comp teacher said to me, when I speak to you, you, you sound intelligent. But what you turn in in your, your English comp assignments doesn't portray 
the person that I speak to. So she was the one that recommended that I go to the reading lab to be tested. And that's when they found out I was dyslexic. So after going through my whole college career, learning how to retrain my brain to read, um, it was it was pretty enlightening to, to be able to shuffle those letters and, to, you know, like I said, retrain my brain. But one of the things I loved, too, about your book was the quotes in the book. And the first one that really was just like, wow, is the, the one that says we all have an inner knowing, but we pretend that we don't. What? Yeah. What, what is your interpretation of that? Well, what happens, we all have what we call our higher self. So that's sort of, I guess I would describe it as when God is in us, you know, the right thing to do, the right decision to make for the greater good. What happens with that is sometimes when things happen to us, the mind gets very active. So the mind can, can be very worried and fearful. So we have an inner knowing of maybe things that we should do, like maybe maybe spend more time working on our health and our fitness, but then our mind tells us we don't have time for that. You know, I, I don't I don't have time to put into that. My day is too busy. So we have that inner knowing that we know that it's important, but then we pretend that we don't have that and we allow ourselves to come up with excuses that allow us to continue doing what we're doing. That's so interesting. And that's, uh, thank you for your perspective on that because I, uh, I, I kind of think for me, for times when I felt, as you described, rushed, stressed, I'm behind, that, you know, maybe it was just avoidance too. Yeah. You know, maybe it was just avoidance on my part. I don't know, but it could be, could be that. And Another another big takeaway for me in your book was the recommendation that if you need to get up shortly after you wake up, then go back to bed, take some deep breaths, relax, visualize and meditate. So tell our listeners, in your view, how important you feel that is to start their day that way. For years, I have been, I've understood the value of meditation and what we typically will say, talk about our inner knowing and then pretending that we don't, I don't have time. I can't relax my mind. Yeah, we, we have all kinds of reasons for not doing it. So the technique of getting up, going to the bathroom, coming back, sitting straight up in bed, because a lot of times if we, if we lie down, we might fall back asleep and then just take some time to get our center. It's maybe we're doing some gratitude. It's maybe we're thinking about and putting positive energy out into the world. And I'm, I'm asking for like 15 minutes. I'm not asking that you spend two hours doing that. It's certainly a little bit too much time, but I spend about 15, 20 minutes just sort of providing um, an understanding of what my intention is for the day, where I need to start from. Again, going into my higher self. Not, I'm so stressed, I have to do this, this this deadline, that deadline. After that, my first hour, I have no technology. I, I don't get on my cell phone, I don't check my emails, because what I'm doing is just allowing myself to be. 
after my hour that I've had my breakfast and I've watched the birds and taken the dog out in that after that hour, then the emails go and then and then we call what we call our sympathetic nervous system. We get engaged and we start the day. Sounds like a very brilliant, smart method of operation. Yeah. So good because when we go to sleep, we don't just drop in bed and fall asleep, hopefully. You know, we maybe get our shower and maybe we you know we brush our teeth. We do a, a, a sequence of things to get the body ready to go to sleep. We don't just people that will just drop in bed and try to go to sleep will often say that's when their mind becomes very active. It's because they haven't really given themselves that transition to get into a relaxed state to go to sleep. Makes sense. I, 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 yeah, I, I can identify with that completely. So that's, that's really great advice. So, uh, so what other um, takeaways or ideas could you offer our listeners to relieve some of the stress that we all deal with on a daily basis, Denise? I would say one of the, the main things to remember is as we go through life, certain things will happen, certain events we cannot avoid. And although we certainly don't look forward to tough times in our lives, they're very important for us to understand and gain meaning and wisdom. Unfortunately, a lot of us, as we're going through just the natural ebbs and flows of life, the mind becomes very active and we start to fear too much. We worry about what the kids are doing. We, we project that somebody doesn't like us. And what we don't realize that the body doesn't know what we're thinking is true or what is imagined. Everything that the body receives to it is true. So we have to be very careful of tempering the mind because when the mind gets very active, this is when we start to go to our, I call them addictions or attachments. This is when food comes in handy, spending comes in handy. If we're smokers, that comes in handy because the body wants ease because the mind is giving it too much stimulation and it's, and it's, fearful stimulation. If we just sort of accept life as it comes, and certainly if, if we have a faith, that can be very helpful. And, and just take life as it comes with grace and dignity, work on our own mental health. These are things that will, will help us for when the real challenges come in life for us to have a little bit more resilience. We're seeing a lot of people now that that constantly operate with, with an empty tank of gas. And then when something major happens in life, they completely unravel. And it's because they're really not doing enough to temper the mind and to do a lot on, on the proactive side with health and wellness, physical and mental. That's true. That's true. And I, um, I've offered some content uh, on LinkedIn recently about simple movement at whatever age or whatever you can do, de depending on your physical limitations or lack thereof, just some physical activity. And I know uh, I, I was guilty of 25 years of not doing that and not watching my diet. And I almost paid the ultimate price in March of 2020. And uh, 
by the grace of God, I'm still here. So I am definitely uh, paying more and more attention, you know, and the the gratitude that you spoke of. I started a gratitude journal and and it's it's so amazing. The days that I do start with the methods that you've mentioned earlier, it's so amazing how much smoother the day goes. And I'm sure you find that as well. And you were talking before about visualization. When we start with gratitude, we visualize our cup half full. You know, it, it, it's hard, you know, to when, when we regret, when we're grateful, we think of how abundant we are. And then we take that energy into the day and even things that are maybe disappointing aren't quite as devastating because we started with that underpinning of gratefulness and abundance. It just makes sense. It just makes sense. So, so if a person that's listening or um, would get this podcast episode referred to them by a friend and they wanted to reach out to you because things might be extremely stressful or maybe they've lost a loved one and it's hard for them to cope with that. What would be the process you would take them through in your work with them? Well, one of the things that I think a lot of people don't realize is when the body responds or has some sort of physical problem, whether it's a symptom or an illness or what have you, that has started all the way back on the mental health energy. This is because of how we've processed emotions, how we've dealt with stress and so forth. We're used to waiting to the point where we get sick and then going, okay, now I need medicine. Now I need this. We were more reactive than proactive. So one of the things when people call to make an appointment with me is after I get a history and, and I, I have a good understanding I'm understanding why they are where they are right now, whether it's physically ill, mentally ill, spiritually suffering. And I'm trying to give them some understanding of how this all happened, because it's hard to correct or fix something that you have no idea how you got here in the first place. So I do as much teaching. This is where my medical side of, of, of my uh, training really helps also because I have a really good knowledge of why the body medically does what it does. But I also have this additional licensing of understanding how the mental health has contributed or helped this manifest. So I do as much teaching as I do counseling because I feel that that's really an important component of healing. That's, that's amazing. Now, one of the other chapters in the book that, impacted me personally was the chapter about forgiveness. Yeah. And uh, I uh, had a, an issue with a family member that I had not forgiven. And my wife kind of, she, she was, she's so smart, so smart and knows me better than I know myself. Mm -hmm. And she asked me one time, have you ever really forgiven that person? And I had hated to admit back in February of this year, Denise, I had not. Mm -hmm. And then after interviewing on a podcast episode, a gentleman who was had he had counseled and helped thousands of people go through a forgiveness exercise with some NLP and some other exercises, he helped me do it. 
And it's amazing. I literally got off blood pressure medication within two months of, of forgiving that person. I mean, really forgiving them. And, uh, and so I know you mentioned that in the book. Are you seeing that same experience with some of your clients? Yes. Letting go of something that has happened in the past that is holding them back. And we hold on to it because we feel like we need it to protect ourselves, ourselves, but it actually ends up, whatever that is, it actually causes more harm than it does good. Being defensive, bitter, resentful, and grief and anger. And when we don't forgive, it's very hard on the heart. So this is why we have blood pressure problems, heart problems, lung mm -hmm. problems. It's again, this has started with something that we've experienced that the body is, is responding to. It's having a physical response to whatever we were going through. Yes, it's, uh, I, I can't tell you the relief physically and but also mentally knowing that I don't I no longer have to take that medication because there's there's multiple side effects with with it and yes. now I'm not dealing with it and my energy level once I got off that medication just went through the roof uh, so it's it's been amazing but I I am so so happy that you shared the book with me when I met you and uh, you know I'm going to be passing it along and I'm going to recommend everybody get the book. So how would how would someone reach out to you if they'd like a consult or like to possibly, you know, consider using you as a professional? How, how would they reach out to you? Um, well, my name's a little bit difficult, but it's DeniseShonewall.com. And certainly um, I offer my cell phone number, which is 410-913-8963. Be happy to have a 15 minute consultation just to see if we feel like it's the right fit and then we can go from there i have a lot of information on my website people can book appointments on there they can read about a lot of mental health difficulties they can educate themselves they can certainly email me through the website so i welcome people to go visit denisheonwald.com and folks that will be in the show notes so you can just click the link in the show notes to do that. And finally, before we wrap up today, Denise, what would be a takeaway that you would give our listeners or someone maybe that's thought about looking for outside counsel and help that may just be a little fearful of doing that? Any, any advice you could offer them? One thing I say when people will say to me, can you recommend a good therapist or can you? And I say, you know, a good therapist is somebody that you have a good connection with. People will look at credentials, which are very important that the person is licensed and, and has the education, but it's more about the relationship. When you go in for counseling or when you go in for help, it's certainly you have to be very vulnerable and get very personal. And it's important that you feel comfortable in this setting. I see clients across the United States, so obviously that's virtual. Some people are very comfortable with that. I also have a home in my uh, office in my home. A lot of people like the face-to-face. -face. It really doesn't matter which method that you choose, whether it's virtual or in-person, it's more important on the connection and that you feel comfortable and ready to do the work that takes for healing and wellness. 
Well, that's great advice. And thank you for offering that to our listeners. And folks, uh, uh, as I mentioned, all of Denise's information and website will be in the show notes. And if you'd like to reach out to me, uh, you can go to mikebeverly.life. That's M-I-K-E-B-E-V-E-R-L-Y.life is my website. You can click the podcast tab and listen to this episode and many others and uh, read a blog or two. We have some great informational blogs, and especially as we're uh, coming into the winter season, people forget sometimes that you need hydration in the winter just as much as you do in the summer. And there's some really great blogs there about that. So uh, thanks again for visiting. And thank you, Denise Schoenwald, for visiting our audience here on Health and Biz Bites. My pleasure. Thank you. Hey everyone, and thank you so much again for checking out today's episode. And if you're listening through iTunes, Spotify, wherever you happen to be listening, please subscribe, leave a five-star rating and review if you choose to do so. And I'm grateful for you and that you're spending this time with me. Have a wonderful rest of your day.